Okay, so I am Alyssa Navarrete. I am going to interview Mari K. Smith. Okay, Mari, can you tell me your full name and what year you are? My name is Mari Kikuchi Smith, and I'm a first year at Antioch College. Great, okay. So how do you feel about the statement, race is not real? Um, I think that that's a statement said by the wrong people all the time. Um, like, obviously people can have opinions about, like, oh, like, we don't have racism, we have tribalism, you know, like the concept of just having prejudice against people that aren't from, like, your family, your town, your city, your country. Um, but I feel like whenever I hear arguments of when race isn't real, especially, like, on our campus or just around people, it's like they're trying to excuse the fact of like racism still existing and still being like alive and well. Um, but conceptually, like people, especially people of color who wanna say like race isn't real and like, because like, you know, like we've just used it very conveniently throughout time. Um, I, I think that's a perfectly fine argument to have. But when I hear, especially people that are not of color say things like that, it's it's been like, been used for the wrong reasons. Okay, um, tribalism was very interesting to me. I'd never heard that. It's an interesting perspective. And why do you think it makes you feel uncomfortable in a sense when non-people of color say that race isn't real? I mean, like, because I, I've had a, I've had conversations with people saying like, oh, you know, like we're all we're all from that one tribe in Africa, and when then we you know migrated north to Europe and then across Asia and then the um, the Antarctic and you know Alaska and then there's the ice bridge, like all this shit, oh, all this stupid stuff <laughs> about how like you know race is a construct that we've created and that we shouldn't. Sorry, I'm looking away. Race is a construct that we created and that. Like, it's a 21st century, it's 2016. We all should be over it by now. Like, and it's almost like, like it's just people that don't wanna see race when it's very prevalent, you know? Um, and I feel like it's almost a denial of like people of color in a way. Cause like, I have a race and it's not white and I'm allowed to have that and it's, and I'm different and I'm culturally different and I look different and within that, like, there's a sense of identity that's being denied when someone tells me, like, race isn't real. Um, and yeah, I, and I haven't, I've only heard, like, I've barely heard any people of color ever saying that. And when it was, it was saying, like, oh, race isn't real because of, like, the things that you said, like, because, like, race has been, like, redefined so many times for legal reasons throughout the history of especially the United States and, like, slavery and that great, you know, lineage of where our country has come from um but other than that like it's just been all white people trying to pretend like racism is over because it's where you know it was so long ago that anything of significance happened in terms of race tension and that's just a huge lie so yeah that makes me upset <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable what are your feelings or thoughts on the poc culture on antioch's campus um I have kind of a unique perspective on it, I think, because I, my father is white and my mother is, of, is Asian. Um, so I've kind of 
immersed into both of white culture or just normal culture, mainstream culture of Antioch, if you will, um, and POC culture. Um, one of the first things that I immediately felt when I was like going to PC, POC group and like like experiencing it, it was like a great sense of appreciation for each other and um, kindness and love and kind of like a safe space where everyone feels comfortable like checking in saying like the fact that like you go to a group and people like ask you about how you're doing truly like how you've been doing that week like that mm -hmm. concept of a check-in and how like everyone checks in because our struggles from week to week have to do with like the color of our skin or like the the way in which we look um and so having that camaraderie is very special and that's something I'd never felt before because I grew up in a white community and so within myself I was talking to Lucas Batista who also has the same thing there's a self that's being like healed and there's also like a white self that's being educated um so overall it's been like I felt like through their existence like I've been able to grow as a person and been able to better appreciate where I come from mm -hmm. um and then seeing like seeing that culture and how there's a contrast literally and figuratively um, on campus to them and the rest of the campus is annoying because it's definitely intentional to a certain extent. Um, like there's like, like women like of color not feeling like other people sit with them when they're in groups, you know, that's ridiculous. Why does that exist? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that through their like, through that POC's group's perseverance, it's like made Antioch a better place, and that Antioch needs to acknowledge that more and take what like when we say these things as this group with this influence and this positivity, like you need to take those things seriously when we ask for like housing or we ask for better treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And before you started going to POC group, what were your like initial thoughts like? Did you think it was unnecessary? Did you think it would cause problems? POC like how did you feel housing. POC group like before you started attending meetings? Mm. Um I was a little skeptical because like I had I I it would be a lie if I said I didn't have any preconceived notions of POC group that had been ingrained in me just because of like on campus, like, you know the people who are more outspoken about, like, their views in class mm -hmm. um, and aren't afraid to call people out. Um, and going in, I felt a little strange because, like, once again, like, I'm not, like, 100% like, of all this color as, you know, other people are. But there's also, like, not as much of an Asian presence in POC group. Um, but... Um, after seeing those things, but then still going and still experiencing it and having some things confirmed about like, yeah, there's more of like an African-American presence in POC, but still knowing that, or still having these great experiences through it, um, it definitely solidified the fact that this there it's amazing and it's lovely and it's a great experience. And I'm really happy that I was able to join into it. I'm glad. Do you think that because there's not as much as a, of an Asian presence in POC, did you feel obligated to go to like represent your culture? Because I was like, as a Hispanic, I know that a few 
people have felt obligated because there's not as much of a presence or they haven't felt comfortable going because the POC is mostly African-American or black? Um, there's a certain amount of obligation because there are like Asian-Americans on campus that don't go. And I feel like if they're, because this is at the end of the day, a good thing I wanted, because I'm someone who's not afraid to do things like this. I did feel a certain amount of obligation. Um, and like, like I like talked to like Michelle and Gabe and like Yo-Yo and like there, and I feel like if I could like get more of a presence, that would be ha- I would be happier. Um, but yeah, there is a certain amount of obligation I felt because we're just such a small campus, you know, and like you, you got to look around and it's like, oh, where's the representation? Oh, it's me, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds inherently, sounds a little negative, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it, I guess, you know? Okay, so what kind of social constructs do you feel contribute to racism specific to our campus? Sorry, I have to think for a second. It's fine. It's like a loaded question. Yeah. I wasn't even prepared to answer that myself when I came up with that question. Hmm. I think that, and this isn't necessarily a construct, but we don't have that many POC teachers, professors now we're in college. We don't have that many POC professors. I think that one thing I've learned since coming to college is that it's really important as a young person to have someone you look up to who also looks like you and has your cultural experiences. It's important in general to have adults you look up to, but especially that factor of it, because seeing that they're successful and that they've also been through what you've been through and you know that someone's looking out for you is super important, especially navigating such a transient experience like Antioch. Um, I feel like, I don't want to say that that contributes to racism, but I think that if people, if other people saw and acknowledged other like professors of color, like in power and authority, somehow it would open up a gateway between like their communication, like student professor, people of color communication, student to other student, um, just because there's a comfort that's created within the student the professor relationship, and then the student who has to, the white student who has to, who has to interact with the person of color professor would then be exposed to that as well. Um, yeah, just, that's one big one that sticks out to me. There's definitely a sexism that's in that, like what you said, there's mostly, I mean, just in general, women are more involved. We only mostly have women on campus. Women are more involved in like IGs, mm-hmm. um, women's group, um, herbalism group, POC group. Um, and I feel like if more of the men that are POC like would st- would speak as much as the women would in class when they see injustice or just even show up to things more, it would help diffuse tension because they understand that the women are have been targeted, you know? And I'm not calling anyone out, but it's almost, I feel like it's almost selfish to want to be like, oh, I don't want to involve myself in this because these things have happened to this person. But it's like we're all in this together, you know? Um, so I feel like if that would just become more of a thing that men would involve themselves more, especially in POC group. 
that it would help diffuse some of the racism because like it or not like people are going to listen to men more like <laughs> so that's a construct within a construct <laughs> yeah that's all i got i think and do you think that do you think it's like subconsciously that less men are attracted to antioch because we're such we're presented as such a social justice sustainability school do you think that contributes to the fact that we attract more women than men even though men seem to lead the fields in which we're social justice and sustainability wise I feel like, I mean, this could be more of a pessimist point of view, but people that fight for the oppressed have generally experienced oppression. So that would mean women and POC or POC women. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a big pull factor for Antioch. And that's why there are a lot of women here. But then because the men are such a rarity, they're held up to a certain extent and listened to, especially because they're men and especially because there's so few of them. It's like a rare commodity. <laughs> Please explain the POC disappearance action to us in your own words, as well as to why you felt it was impactful, if you felt it was impactful. Okay. Um, the POC disappearance was a day where we all did not go to classes, did not go to work, if that was something available to you, you know, like you can't lose your job and still lead revolution. So, yeah. Um, and we, there was, the very beginning was a comprehensive, um, kind of dialogue on what exactly went through um, in terms of POC communicating with uh, the administration, the requests for housing, POC housing, and just um, all of the interactions that occurred. And then after that, there was a faculty and student dialogue that went on about all of these things. Um, and the general rhetoric was that Everyone was, everyone kind of better understood what was happening at the end of the day in terms of, okay, so some people would say it is segregationist to put POC in a hall, but it's also very necessary that they have that option. And what, whichever which side you were on, I feel like everyone better understood afterwards. And so that was kind of a really amazing thing that happened. And I think that um, if we had more dialogues like that, that were actually productive and not just people spooking out their opinions as it so happens here very often um and it was it was consensual and it was respectful like and something productive came out of it i thought that was a really i was really proud of my students that or my students my fellow students in that moment because we had been really tactful this whole time and we had this really productive day of and everyone left feeling like they had a better understanding of what was happening so i was like yes um but the day of the disappearance was to see really like initially like what is our appreciation level at this campus are people going to ask us where we are mm -hmm. like are we are we valued in that way in the eyes of our peers um and some of us got messages like asking where we were some of us didn't um so we wanted to show like we need to be respected and this is what our campus would be like if we weren't there um and these are the things that we're going to need to happen if you want to continue to keep us um, but despite that interruption, it was still tactful and it was still intentional. And I was once again, very proud of everyone. <laughs> um, and it really made me, 
within even that day, I learned about myself as well as all of these issues that are going on, as I think everyone did. And I think that our school needs to look at that as like the model of interactive and proactive ways in which we can actually protest against things and get shit done, get things done. You can edit the first part out. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And I think I do agree with that, that it's, it should be used as a model as like another way of nonviolent protesting. Um, we were inspired to do this by protests that happened on another college campus by people of color as well that attracted a lot of national attention. I think it might have been UC Davis, I believe, when we were discussing this at our POC meeting. Do you think this action, after we publish our project and so forth and so on, like regardless of whether or not we end up getting a POC hall, do you think this would be able to inspire other POC and other people across different campuses like Antioch or Bigger? Do you think this is this would be a useful thing to inspire others? I definitely think that, and I think that one of the reasons I'm still here is that the people of our campus are people that I believe in. I, I don't like to have this on tape, I don't care, but I, I, I'm here for the movement of Antioch, not the institution of Antioch. And obviously there are all these constructs on campus that are made by students, but can also be broken by students because that's like, why I'm here and that's why I continue to stay here because I see that potential. Um, and I, at the day of disappearance, we talked a lot about like linking arms with other campuses as well. And I think that if this were to get out there that this is because of the productivity and the movement and the, and the skilled interruption that happened, it'd be a great model for other schools to follow and um, yeah, and I think that like, despite all of like the negative feelings that have happened here, like this was a positive thing that happened, even though it was a protest, it was very positive for everyone involved. So that's ultimately like, you know, like winning a victory for humanity pretty much, <laughs> just, just saying. Right, so even though administration might not have liked what we had done, I mean, Horace Mann would have. I'm sure he's mm -hmm. cheering us on from the grave. Very much. Do you think having a POC hall is a form of self-segregation? I think that if you're looking at the denotation of the word segregation, that's exactly what it looks like. But on this campus, it's not about what it looks like. It's about speaking to someone and asking them why they want it. And the fact that you would just look at something and label it and then continue on is a direct violation of what it means to be here. Um, so in this campus, this is something necessary and it is something that is going to create more culture and happiness for everyone. And so using words like segregation are just kind of making people shy away and immediately as if they're touching a hot stove, like, oh, can't do that, um, just because like you had said, it just, just because it pertains to race, the word segregation always comes up. And at this point, it's probably very annoying for those of us that are African-American and have that culture within America and then having that be brought here when they're asking for something that they would need. Um, and I say the word they because I don't necessarily feel like I would need that. But if I were to need that, I, it would be ridiculous that I couldn't get that. 
based on the fact that women of color have experienced acts of violence on this campus. Um, and the other, another facet of this is just the fact that this is a campus where everyone's always, you know, like disputing and talking about race and sexuality, and it's always on the table, right? No matter if you're eating or if you're in class, like you always, something's going to come up and you're just going to have to feel obligated to be like, no, I've experienced this. Here's how it is. Mm -hmm. And that is an added pressure to students of color when you're just here to get an education. You're also having to be educated and be the educator. And as much as like, like you feel happy, like that people care, like having to come home and still do that or like having to meet someone in the bathroom, like and they say something or like, you know, um, just knowing that like we can all come back to a place and just kind of look around and be like, okay, like we all get it. We're all in the know about these things. Like we don't have to explain why we are the way we are. Um, because you said something earlier that really struck with me. Like, you shouldn't have to explain why you are the way you are. This should be, you want to create, you want to be an environment of acceptance and happiness and peace. And not that that's not creating that by educating, but you won't, you don't want to have to do it all the time. Like, imagine having to work, like, even after you come home from work and then have to get a call from your boss at four in the morning because they're confused about something, you know? That's what this is. It's invading your space by still maintaining its presence even in your own home. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that this is, uh, this is something that impacts quality of life for people on, of color and that if they want to continue to take care of our people of color the way we should, the way we should be respecting our people of color, that this is a necessary creation in our campus and it's not hard to do, you know, like, I understand there's administrative bureaucracy to deal with, but it's doable and it should be done. Right, I totally agree. And um, one of the things that was brought up on our day of disappearance and a few of our other past POC meetings was that, I mean, right now it feels as if we're just tolerated, if anything, or like our cultures are just tolerated. Having POC on campus are just tolerated. And we don't like, we don't just want tolerance. We don't just need tolerance, like we need acceptance. And I think that definitely struck a chord with what you were saying. I also think, I mean, you were also spoke to just like having the choice. Like we need to have at least the choice. So like, what would you say about the tolerance versus acceptance perspective and having a choice? Like how that all intertwines? Um, that all intertwines because like, honestly, like we all understand that, like you said, there's a quota for people of color here. That's part of the culture they're trying to almost artificially create again. And if they want to go through with that, they have to accept that that's what this means. Mm -hmm. If you want to have Antioch the way it was in the day, the way it used to be, it means you accept people of color. You don't tolerate them and you give them the amount of space that they deserve. That's what it was. And I feel like there's a part of our college that doesn't understand that. And they don't understand. They're just too afraid to give our, the students that amount of power again or something. Um, but that's exactly what it means to have a college like this. And if they signed up for, and if they decided this, they're gonna create it again, this is what it means. Um, and so that, and they need to listen to the actual living culture of this campus. And that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're, we're not whispering. We have made it very clear. <laughs> um, so it's really, I mean, 
we've done so much and we're continuing to do more and I believe that this is going to change things but it's it's I just through this I hope them that our the institution of Antioch understands this is what the culture is and you shouldn't be afraid of you know like segregating and looking bad you should be afraid that your students aren't happy because <laughs> that's not the mission of Antioch so in a sense you would say this isn't just like about like only POC and like only this POC hall and only like the acts of racism it's also about holding Antioch College and the administration faculty staff and basically everything as a whole accountable yeah it's it's part of because I feel like, I mean, everyone here, like, it's it's hard to be here. Everyone knows that. Whether you're a janitor, whether you're the president, whether you're a first year, it's very hard to be here. And if you're just going to be here to just kind of get through it, there's no point in this college existing. You're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. You need to be here because you know that liberal arts education is is really corrupt right now. You need to be here because... You know that our society is corrupt right now, and you're going to actively deny it, deny its presence here. And right now, I'm seeing, right now, I can see like our faculty is scared, like they don't want to be recorded. I mean, which is fine, like everyone has that right. Um, but if you're at a college like this, like being compliant, Will not like you're like we talk about this in Toshindo. You can't play to not lose. You have to play to win. And we're not going full throttle right now. We're just. I mean, I can understand we're being a little safe until accreditation. I can give you that, you know. But if this college was created for that mission, then we need to live through that mission. And that's giving POC. That's giving POC the hall that they ask for. That's giving students time off. <laughs> that's lessening our workload to something that's tolerable. That's actually having classes that are different and interesting and changing. Um, that's doing education differently. And so far we've pretended to do education differently. And it's been just the same. Every college campus feels like their students overworked. Every college campus feels like the administration doesn't listen to them. Every college campus has race issues. And I'm asking, I'm asking our institution to be different and that's not too much i agree i think that was very well said thank you Thanks. yellow springs was once a place of great diversity as well as a safe haven for people of color greatly due to antioch college do you think we can regain this once again i think that there's a there's this lyric that i like a lot there's a tension between how it is and how it should be um And ultimately, like there, there's a town issue, obviously. Yellow Springs was a safe haven, a great place for people of color to flourish and to have fun and to feel love, right? And it all came back to Antioch because this was the epicenter of that. But then really, not to put pressure on any specific person, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way, but it's all about 
administration taking that leap of faith and saying that this can be different and we have the power to make it different. And that Antioch will only be able to fully be resurrected the way they want it to if they take that leap of faith. And then Antioch can finally, you know, have its these clamps taken away from it and it can grow and it can be happy. And Yellow Springs doesn't have to be a rich white tourist town anymore. I agree. I think I also think um just like the power that the students have and like the drive that we have for this movement is really powerful. And I think that in itself is very special and it's what creates the radicalness of Antioch. Do you have any final thoughts or like stuff that you wanted to say that we didn't get to touch base on? I guess like you can. Okay. Um, so basically like if you're, if an administration, if administration is afraid of the students, I guess they should be because the students are very powerful in their own way that can't be measured by their influence in a bureaucracy. And, um, they are here like, even if you've met some awful people, they're all here for a reason. And they're all very weird, and they have a lot of personality, and they have a lot of love, and that will prevail in the end. And that we will prevail. Yeah, we will prevail. <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Mari. I got passionate.